0: All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills. And here we are, not in our normal time slot, obviously, with the Tuesday night football game against the Tennessee Titans. Our schedule here at Buffalo Rumblings got switched around just a little bit. With that being said, Uh, Here I am coming to you on a Sunday with the podcast as we get ready for the Bills and Chiefs to uh, not called Monday Night Football, right? I guess contractually you can't call it Monday Night Football, but it's, uh, I don't know, you get aside from all of that, they're kicking off at 5 p.m. from Orchard Park on Monday. And really with this podcast today, I mean, I've got some thoughts on the game against the Titans. And when I say that I've got some thoughts, it's really just sort of the the mindset of Bills fans, I think, in a lot of ways. I think, uh, you know, you look at Tuesday night's game, things unraveled late in the game for the Bills. If you're on social media, it felt like there was almost a a bit of an unraveling from the fan base in some ways, too. And, uh, you know, you try to let some cooler heads prevail, (laughs) which isn't always the easiest uh, when you're talking about Buffalo Bills fans and certainly when you're talking about Reactions on on social media. So I'll get into some of that in just a little bit. But as we're recording this, as I'm recording it on Saturday, there are some updates coming from uh, from Sean McDermott as he's meeting with members of the media right now. So kind of uh, a couple of news related items, I guess you could say. You know, first off, Dawson Knox is not going to play on Monday uh, against the Chiefs. He is still out. And uh, so he will not be suiting up. So I guess we can expect to see a, a good amount of Tyler Croft and you know maybe him being a, a weapon. I mean, certainly we've seen him with a couple touchdown passes uh, from Josh Allen in the past, but Dawson Knox will be out. Um, no official designation on return yet from Matt Milano, John Brown, and Tradavius White. All three of them were full participants in practice on Friday. Um, The fact that, you know, it's kind of like, okay, let's see what they look like on on Saturday. But the fact that they were full participants, uh, again, a a step in the right direction, I guess I would say. Right. As you look at some things and I'll, I'll talk about that just a little bit as we get into the podcast more. Um, also, and let's see, I'm just going to read this direct from Jay Skurski. Um, I hope y'all follow Jay at Jay Skirsky from the Buffalo news. Does a great job covering the team. Um, here is an update that he had. I'm just going to read it verbatim. McDermott also said Tremaine Edmonds going back into a red Jersey at Friday's practice was not a setback, but rather precautionary. It seems like Edmonds is going to have to deal with shoulder soreness after games, perhaps for the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, so that's an interesting piece, too, as you as you look at a lot of things. So those are really probably the most pressing updates that that come with this. And really, I think it ties into to what we talk about, um, you know, from from everything going on with the team right now. And, you know, as we as we talk about this, right, I think in a lot of ways, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Tuesday's game because I think like most fans, it's one of those pieces you you, you just look to um, compartmentalize, kind of put off to the side and, and not ever visit again type of piece. Um, but with that, I did feel like there was a bit of, of some kind of a, an overreaction in in many ways, at least from some of the interactions that I had on social media Whereas I looked at that game on Tuesday night, I did not think that um, any of the three facets of the game played well. You know, when you talk about special teams, um, honestly, right? It was uh, there was the big return that gave the Titans a, a short field on the punt return, where they returned it all the way to the Bills' 30-yard line. Um, there was Andre Roberts with the the fumble on the the late kickoff, which again gave a, another short field to the to the Titans. Um, the offense, while you know, the offense did some things. They put together a couple of drives. Um, you know, you still have two interceptions, you still had too many drops. Um, the running game did not go going in any way. And of course the defense was just was not what you would expect it to be. And, and really it was around the defense where I thought a lot of the conversation, at least that I was a part of, um, it was weird, right? I think I had a, a tweet that I put out talking about the you know the the length of the scoring drives that the Titans had, right? And they had three, four scoring drives in the game that started you know, from the Bills' 30-yard line and closer, right? Three that started in the red zone, one that started at the 30-yard line. And basically what I said was the defense needs to be better, but it was also not a good game for the offense and special teams. Um, And it was weird because you would have thought from some of the reactions that I got that you, you would have thought I was defending the defense and said they had a great game which was certainly not not the case there but right when even when you're a defense that's struggling a bit well certainly giving the other team three starts within the red zone is uh, is not going to help in any way shape or form and as you look at a lot of this right you just try to think to yourself okay you know what is the issue with the defense and I'm certainly not smart enough to say oh it's it's this or it's that or it's any of those pieces but it certainly comes to be a, a rush to the I guess a bit of the blame game, right? And and when you go with some of these pieces, you you get it. There's guys that could have played better. Um, we know Tremaine Edmonds is playing hurt, and I, I think that's a big piece that people need to kind of understand with with that side of things. Like we just talked about, he's continuing to wear the non-contact jersey in practice, almost to a point where I wonder if it would make more sense for him to to sit a week right and then maybe come back healthy um, or to see if that would even you know have an impact in him being healthy where you kind of sacrifice that one game to see if he could get if he could get right I mean he already sat out the game against the Miami Dolphins earlier in the season but from that standpoint I would certainly be curious there um, I know everyone's trying to figure out what the problem is with Edmonds and I'm using air quotes when I say problem because um you know, it's just one of those pieces where you've got someone playing through an injury and it's like, don't overreact people talking about him being benched, people talking about him, switching positions, all this and that. Um, Lorenzo Alexander had great feedback on Twitter, right? Where he was going through different pieces as a tied to Edmonds and saying he's doing what he is supposed to be doing. Yeah. Does he need to do a better job getting off some blocks, some certain pieces? Yes. But you can tell that he's playing hurt, but he's everywhere on the field, what he's doing in coverage in these pieces. Um, and I'm going to trust that Lorenzo Alexander knows a heck of a lot more than I do and uh, and a lot of the others that have been commenting on social media. The other piece is, I mean, the Bills, they don't have that depth at linebacker, right? I mean, when you talk about, you know, a backup for Edmonds, I mean, A.J. Klein has struggled. Listen, I will take, uh, you know, Tremaine Edmonds at 85% over A.J. Klein 100 times out of 100. So I think that's one of those pieces that fans need to keep in mind. But the other side of it is that I just think is, you know, was kind of overlooked and the game against the, the Titans. I mean, when you are without Matt Milano and without Tredavious White, you are missing your two best defensive players. There There's no denying that piece for, for me. I mean, someone might want to make an argument for Jerry Hughes or again for Tremaine Edmonds when he's healthy, but. I think to most Bills fans, you would say, those are the two most important pieces of the Bills' defense. And them not being there on Tuesday night certainly showed. John o' Smith had a field day scoring two touchdowns. A.J. Brown is a talented wide receiver. You know, You cannot put him in a position where he is, you know, Josh Norman is not a number one cornerback, right? I mean, Josh Norman has been hurt up until about 15 minutes ago. Levi Wallace goes down. He gets thrust into action against the Raiders. Does a good job, provides a nice spark there, but as cornerback two, not as cornerback one. And you take Tredavious White off the field, like there's a reason why he got the tremendous contract from the Bills, the contrast extension where he at one point was the highest paid cornerback in all of football. You know, so you look at this piece and it's like, I get it. You can look at that game and say, oh my God, what is up with the defense? But you know, the defense with, uh, again, the Titans start, starting with a short field um, and a really short field, right? I mean, four drives inside the 30. I mean, that's not saying like, oh, that, you know, they returned a kick to the Bills 45 or they got to midfield or something like that. I mean, that is three drives starting in the red zone, right? I mean, and yeah, sometimes the Bills defense, it's a little bit more bend, but don't break type of piece. And yes, they have struggled this season. But listen, man, you give them the start inside the red zone and another start inside the 30. I I mean, I'm not surprised that it led to, to scoring drives. I mean, come on. Those are momentum shifting type of plays. And when you talk about the defense and you talk about a game where they're going against a team that is also undefeated, a team that was in the AFC championship game last year, Yeah, that's not something that can happen when you give them that short field. And oh, by the way, when you're missing your two best defensive players, does the Bills defense need to be better? Absolutely. Do they need to generate pass rush from someone other than Jerry Hughes? Absolutely. Right. We can look at all of these pieces and say that is a given, but I am not going to completely hit the panic button on the Bills defense when a four drive started within the 30 yard line based on special teams and offensive errors. And B, you did not have Tredavious White and Matt Milano. Okay? So, I mean, listen, if the Bills' defense just got ripped apart, did not get any stops, 80-yard drive after 80-yard drive for the Titans, and they were at full strength, okay, I'm going to hit the panic button. Completely fine. Completely fine. But, again, when you take those pieces into effect – Based on the errors from the offense and from the special teams, and when I talk about the the errors on the offense, one piece that is high up on that list is on the second interception, right? The one from Malcolm Brown uh, Butler, and it's like the whistle hadn't blown; no one's looking to tackle him. Gabriel Davis is like running alongside him, almost like they're in a, a foot race with each other, and he returned. I mean, the, he intercepted the pass at the Titans' twenty-yard line and returned it into the red zone, right? It was a 68-yard return from Butler. Josh Allen had to make that tackle. I mean, that is a game-changing play, right? The Bills are on their way into the red zone, okay, down 21-10. to You score there. There's plenty of time left, whatever it may be, whether it's 21-17. They were already in field goal range, or 21-13 a back-breaking play, but it became even more backbreaking when you allowed Butler to return it 68 yards. Unacceptable. And you just saw guys like, I don't know, like nobody even wanted to make a play. Come on, man. Anyway, I've had enough talking about that game. I, I just, I feel like when you look at so much of it, um, and here I said I wasn't going to spend a lot of time talking about it, and... Ten minutes later, I'm still talking about the game against the Titans. Um, the the other piece with it, when we talk about some of the you know some of the guys that could return on Monday night, in addition to Matt Milano and Tredavious White, is John Brown. And I think John Brown is such an integral piece of the Bills' offense. Um, again, right? He's not going to be that wide receiver one for them this year because of Stephon Diggs, and we've certainly seen that. But, um, you know, when I talk about the Bills offense being a bit out of sync on Tuesday night, um, I think the absence of Brown showed. Um, I wasn't sure what was happening, why Cole Beasley had zero targets in the first half. Certainly some adjustments made in the second half where he had 63 yards receiving after halftime. Stephon Diggs goes over 100 yards. But it did seem like in the first half, they were certainly trying to, Josh Allen was certainly trying to force the ball into digs, sometimes in triple coverage. And it's like, listen, as talented as he is and as talented as Allen is and the arm strength that he has, um, sometimes that just can, it cannot happen, right? You see the uh, interception bounce off of Andre Roberts' hands. You know That's one of those pieces where you're just like the absence of John Brown was felt on Tuesday. And, you know, that takes us to Monday night's game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And here's the piece with it, right? Like, if I have to make a prediction for this game, it is going to be a high-scoring affair. I mean, the over-under is set at 57.5 points. And right now, when I look at it, I've got it 38-31 Chiefs over the Bills, and I say that, right, when you look at it and you're probably thinking, like, my gosh, if the defense gives up 38 points, this and that, and blah, 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 all these different things. Kansas City is that team, though, right? I mean, you look at the options that they have on offense with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman. They are in a position, and oh, yeah, and Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback, they are going to put up points on anyone and they will probably put up points on the buffalo bills on monday but here's the piece that i look at too right and i don't want to call it a like bounce back game because a loss is not a bounce back game but i mean the offense getting right the defense making more plays i'm expecting this to be a high-paced high-scoring affair on monday um, and i'm curious to see what happens obviously i hope i'm wrong with that prediction Right? I'd love to see the Bills win like 31-24, to 24, and I'll be curious to see if the blueprint that the Oakland Raiders, or Oakland Raiders, my gosh, I, honestly, it's going to take me forever to get used to calling them Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Raiders had in their victory over the Chiefs the week before. right? So you had these two teams that were previously undefeated. They both take a loss in week five, and now here they are coming together on Monday night. And the point is with that, and you hear all the you know the analysts talk about it. Um, I've heard Joe Biscalia talk about it on his podcast, the Bills Beat, Buffalo Beat, with Matthew Fairburn, Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. Two great shows you guys should be checking out. But you know you're not blitzing Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have to get that pressure with your front four, which is certainly something we haven't seen from from others outside of Jerry Hughes. Um, we know Ed Oliver is playing with an injury, too, right? I mean, at, at what point is it just that this team needs to get a little bit healthy? Um, but no excuses from that standpoint, right? I mean, even even heard folks say, like, listen, maybe you're only going to rush three and drop eight because, you know, that is clogging more passing lanes. That is something that seems to have worked well for the Raiders in that victory where really they put the clamps on the Kansas City Chiefs offense in the second half last week. So um, it is going to be really interesting to see from a number of different facets, right? I mean, this was the measuring stick game for Bills fans as soon as it came out on the schedule when it was originally going to be back on Thursday night. Um, The piece with it was, right, you know, in back-to-back weeks, you've got the two teams that were in the AFC championship game. Maybe as fans, we were looking past the Titans just a little bit um, we know that's not uh, an M.O. for Sean McDermott in any way, shape, or form. But for us, right, maybe you're just looking forward to that Thursday night measuring stick type of game and thinking like, oh, yeah, the Titans, like, yeah, this, you know, the whole COVID piece and all these types of things. But I think for many fans, it was probably a bit too high of an expectation that the Bills would just win that game, and I'm not quite sure why. Um, the Titans are certainly one of the top teams in football, as they have been, Since Ryan Tannehill became their starting quarterback. And, um, you know, from that standpoint, they really haven't looked back. And, you know, the better team won on Tuesday night. But now you got this slobber knocker of a matchup. I think there's going to be so many points scored on Monday night. And um, win or lose, I think it's going to be one of those entertaining games. I'm not one for moral victories, but again, this is one of those pieces that if the Bills do lose, I'm just curious to look at this and say, you know, how do they stack up against the Kansas City Chiefs? Because this is a team that they very well could be meeting in the playoffs um, later on this season. So, um, you know, when I make a prediction, right, and again, you use terms like moral victories and you talk about measuring stick type of games, Um, I fully expect this to be a competitive game on Monday. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills won. I just look at it right now with the Kansas City Chiefs with, with again, kind of their offensive weapons and who they are. For me right now, there's just an expectation that I think they are the better team. Um, but this gives the Bills a chance that, you know what? This is a game that could have big implications if the Bills can pull out the win on Monday night as it would relate to um, home field advantage for the playoffs, potentially a, a buy. I mean, that's certainly... Far down the road at this point, but um, you know when you talk about solidifying yourself as a playoff team, it can really start with Monday night. And the good thing for the Bills, they will be at home in Orchard Park. So let's see what happens. So make sure you hit me up with uh, any predictions that you might have. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at AnthMarino, and make sure that you are visiting buffalorumblings.com. We've got all kinds of great coverage for you there. Um, in so many ways, shapes, or forms. And hit that uh, subscribe button so you get all the great shows that we have here at the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel. But like I said, hit me up with your predictions. Let me know what your thoughts are for Monday night. I appreciate you guys hearing me kind of rant through a few of these things today. I said I didn't want to spend too much time talking about the Titans game, and I kind of let it dominate the conversation. But um, in many ways, right, that's why we do this. It gives us an opportunity to, to share our thoughts and feelings, maybe vent a little bit more than we normally would. Um, and I always appreciate you guys tuning in and sharing this platform with me. So uh, I will talk to you all soon. Let's look forward to what hopefully is a Bills victory on Monday night. And as always, go Bills.